Welcome to the WP Tonic WordPress and SaaS podcast. Jonathan Denwood and his co-host Stephen Souder interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Take it away, guys. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Podcast. We have Stephanie Hudson with us today. She is uh, the founder of Focus WP. Um, and we are chatting about uh, building a business in the WordPress ecosystem, um, specifically also just as a woman. Like, what, what does that experience look like um, coming into something that is male-dominated, uh, but building out in an amazing company in an amazing niche? Uh, before we dive into... Uh, the story behind Focus WP and what Stephanie has going on. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top quality podcasting platform. And that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalized for success. They have a flat rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you're just prey at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic Tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic Week weekly newsletter which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the WP Tonic tribe. Please show your support for the show and support Castos. It's a fantastic platform. All right, coming back. Um, we have Stephanie with us. Uh, Stephanie, why don't you introduce yourself and then Jonathan, I'll have you introduce you and yourself and then we will dive into the show. Guys, I'm Stephanie Hudson. I am the owner of Focus WP. Uh, we offer white label outsourced services for agencies and freelancers. And uh, I'm super happy to be here. Awesome. We're really excited to have you here. Uh, Jonathan, you want to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Yes, folks. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We build membership websites for people we want to either do it themselves or we can build the whole thing out for you uh, using the power of WordPress. Over to you, Stephen. Perfect. Uh, so, Stephanie, just to dive in, can you give us just like maybe a little bit of background on Focus WP, how you uh, got into it, like what the avenue was for you to start Focus WP? Sure, yeah. I've been um, building websites since dial-up internet, which makes me feel super old, but... Uh, <laughs> I, um, I've been working in WordPress for, gosh, about 10, 12 years now, maybe longer. I don't, I don't know the exact date, but, um, I've always had sort of something, whether it's been, I've been freelancing in web, you know, side hustle while I had another full-time job. I've been a full-time web developer. I've had a partner. I've been a solopreneur. Like I've tried all the things. So I get the the pain points. I get the pain points that people have. And I um, met my business partner, Tom Jensen, at a WordCamp. 
we were conference buddies that day. I very awkwardly approached him and was, because he was by himself and I was by myself. And I said, <laughs> would you like to be my conference buddy? And he was like, I'm sorry, what? And I'm like, can we just hang out during the conference? We're not by ourselves. And he was like, sure. And we became like best pals. And uh, we had a great conference. And a week after uh, the conference, he sends me a text message and says, hey, I, go check your email. Don't freak out. Just read it. And it was a business plan because we had been talking about so many things. And at the time, we were talking about maintenance primarily. Mm -hmm. This was back when care plans were not as common. It was just sort of starting to be a thing that everybody was offering. And a lot of developers hated them. And uh, I loved them because they were profitable and easy. And so we ended up starting a business to offer those white label. And then as things progressed and our clients loved us and trusted us, they would say like, hey, could you also do this for me? And could you do that for me? And so we realized like there's this void, there's this hole in the market where people are trying, like they're not quite ready for a full-time hire or they need multiple people to help them. So we kind of became this, this bridge between working by yourself and hiring a full staff, full-time staff. So that's just, it's just sort of grown very organically based on the feedback of our customers and our people. That's really cool. Did did you start in, like, how fast did you get into WordPress, I guess? Like you said, you started like way back when probably WordPress wasn't even really a thing or that popular, yeah. at least. Uh, like, where did you start and how did you find WordPress and why, why did like WordPress pull you in? I, you know, I, this question comes up so much and I cannot remember. I, I worked <laughs> with Drupal. I had yeah. a full-time job working at, um, the, Col the College of Engineering at Georgia Tech. I know, exactly, Jonathan. And I worked at, um, I, we, I rebuilt their site in Drupal. And I don't, I don't remember how I came up with that decision, but we, I, so I learned all of that. And then it, it was sort of after, right after that, that I transitioned. So in the early 2010s, like maybe 2012, 2014, something like that, I ended up in WordPress and I was building sites um, template using templates and things like that. I've never been like a hardcore coder. Mm -hmm. I'm not really a PHP developer or anything. And um, I I landed on Elegant Themes because they had so many different templates you could use, and they were all built the same. Because it was such a learning curve trying to use all these templates. I love that model. And then Divi came out, which changed everything. And then so I've become kind of a, a Divi person. Um, I'm on the Divi Chat podcast each week and things like that. But I'm not anti any of the builders. I just, I made a conscious decision. Like I fell in love with Divi immediately because it was so useful. And then all the other builders were popping up. And I was like, you know, I get shiny object syndrome so bad. But I said, you know what? It takes so much time and so much money to be in each of the ecosystems. I just made a conscious decision. Like, I don't think one is better than the other. Like, I don't get into any of those things online where everybody wants to like bash one or the other. I just... I just made my choice and, you know, I can, I can get by in most of them, but that's just the one that I chose to invest yeah. in the ecosystem and be a part of. So that's cool. Did that answer your question? I think I got, you're going yeah. to me on track, Stephen. I get no, that's, I, I love meandering conversations. That's where you <laughs> find the, the good stuff and interesting stuff. So, uh, this is like a complete tangent, but, uh, since we're meandering anyways, Mm -hmm. Front-end builder versus back-end builder. Do you stick primarily to the front-end or back-end of the Divi, Divi? builder? Yeah. I am a back-end builder kind of girl. Uh, when the front-end builder came out, it was a hard shift into that. And then yeah. I eventually liked it. And then when they upgraded the back-end builder where you could see it visually, I went there and I haven't looked back. 
Nice. Cool. Jonathan, over to you. Yeah, so you're into maintenance. So what how do you get your leads, Stephanie? You know, have do you do it do you do it by nicheifying? Have you found a, your own community online and you target yourself? Or how do you mostly get your lead bucket filled and convert them? I, I do have an online community. I've started a Facebook group, which is small, but very engaged. I love it. It's um, And like I said, it, I'm fortunate because my my leads, my target audience is my people. Like these are my people. They're, they're agency owners. They're freelancers. They're digital marketers and creatives, you know? And so I know how to talk to them. I love talking to them. I love hanging out with them. So it's really an awesome... Like, I just love it. It makes me so happy because I like helping these folks. And, you know, that's really it too. Facebook, I, I honestly cannot believe how good Facebook is for business. Like when you think about Facebook, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, whenever it started, you know, and then even as it grew. And now, even now, if you talk to people who aren't in our sort of area, a lot of people think it's, it's you know, it's grandmas sharing photos of their cats or whatever. But my goodness, like when you dive down into all the groups and mm. the different like private areas of Facebook, it has been so beneficial for my business. I always tell people, whether it's for work things or, or other stuff they're trying to get information on or find their tribe in different ways, I'm like, start looking for Facebook groups. Mm. And I know there's all kind of stuff that we can talk about and complain about <laughs> Facebook, but you know, I'm not getting, mm. I'm not like going down that road, but I'm just saying like, as far as the usefulness of the communities there. Yeah. So, like ba- so basically, um, they're small agency owners, they're in Divi, you use Divi, but also they're, they're your target audience. Yeah, they're, they're not all Divi folks. Yeah, uh, we, we do maintenance and all that stuff at Focus WP with anything. I have an agency where I'm just, when I build sites, I just use Divi. Yeah. In my own site, but Divi oh. does appeal to the smaller one to two person agency that would be attracted to your outsourcing services. Would that mm-hmm. not be correct? It is correct, yeah. But there's a lot of elementary users too. We've got some really good Beaver Builder clients, you know. Uh, here's a question for you guys What makes somebody an agency? We were just debating this at a conference I was at uh, last week or week and a half ago, and we were sick. Because the, the word oh, agency uh, is, is tricky, right? Because does it mean the size of your team? Or does oh, it mean no, the breadth of the services a, you offer? No, I've got a very easy answer for that, Stephanie. All you the didn't money know I was going to flip it and ask you. <laughs> no, no. I'm not surprised, Stephanie. But I've got a very easy answer, Stephanie. All the money that, comes, all the money that comes in every month just goes to the people that work for you, and there's no profit for you. That's an agency. <laughs> that's, that, that's agency. That's you know, profit. Oh, okay, <laughs> so it's a bleak outlook on agencies, there, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, like, like you're talking, like specifically, like the the dividing line between like a freelance contractor and an agency. Like, like yeah, I'll tell you where that... this came from. It came from we we've been doing some rewriting on our site, you know, and we're trying to think like just uh, general SEO stuff, audience stuff. What's going to resonate with our our tribe, you know, our people. And it's like, 
Do you call yourself, do they call themselves an agency? Do they call themselves a freelancer? Who are we helping? Mm -hmm. If we say we're helping agencies, does that alienate people who think, oh, I'm just, I'm just little old me, you know, but then there's people who aren't identifying themselves as a freelancer. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's interesting is about that word is that there are people who are, oh, you know, a one person shop doing everything themselves, which is like what a freelancer is, but they're going to call themselves an agency. Yes. Uh, Uh I, I think agency is an aspirational sort of thing. Like yeah. uh, either you are one or you're aspiring to it, so you identify with it, or you are a, a freelancer. Um, and if you're identifying as a freelancer, I have found that most of those people want to stay as freelancers and they love the freelancer. Like it's more of like a like, lifestyle sort of definition. You know, it's like how we everybody's identifying as something or other these days. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. Like, I think there's not really a definition. And this is all just sort of new. And again, it was an interesting thing to talk about with other agency owners at this yeah. conference. You know, like, what makes, what is the definition? And I, I think it's kind of just like you're saying, it's like, what it's what you identify as. Like, do you identify yeah. as a... Yeah, I know. I was calling with our pronouns, you know, she, her agency, whatever. I don't know. I I think agency has this like connotation where like, okay, like I called my business an agency when it was just me, you know, before Mm -hmm. I had a single employee, I was calling it an agency. And it was more of like a size thing, right? I wanted people to like see me as larger because I had the aspiration of growing larger. Like it was Mm -hmm. never just going to be me. Um, And I think that's why I like grabbed that word and like held on to it. Although like yeah. by definition, was I an agency? Like, nah, I don't like more, definitely more freelancer than agency style stuff. But like, you know, as you grow, like that's what you become because you know, that's what you're kind of angling after going after. Yeah, it's, very it's a good question. It's very understandable in a way, but I think it's the same thing. What is a developer? You know, there's some people that classify yeah. themselves as developer. The reality is they are high level uh, implementer. There's others, there's designers that do a little bit front-end coding that probably you're more advanced than they think, but they still wouldn't classify themselves as a front-end developer. They would say, I'm a designer. It's so interchangeable, these times. Yeah, it's so true that I think our industry has changed and matured and morphed so fundamentally over just the past decade. I mean... The web is only 30 years old to begin with. So that's like, just blows your mind when you think about that, right? That it's not like, that we're it's such in the infancy stage still. But if you think about just the last decade, how much stuff has changed. Even just adding on builders, giving folks who really aren't coders the ability to make some really complex, dynamic sites. You know, it, there's a lot to it. And what the t- the terminology is, I did hear a WordCamp um, talk about that a couple years ago, where it was like, what... What is, what is your job title? Like, what do you do? You know, I, a lot of times people ask me what I do and it depends who asks, of course, you know, but sometimes I just say I make websites and that's like, because I don't, I'm not really, you know, I'm not a coder. I'm not really a good designer. I have a team now that's doing most of the work anyway at my agency, but it's like, you know, and it's just such a strange thing that like, it's so nebulous what all these different titles are. It's almost like the, the terminology hasn't grown with, the industry. Yeah. Uh, back to um, maintenance type stuff. You said that like, you know, and the agency used Divi, but of course with um, 
focus of UP, you're using, you know, whatever the client has, right? If, whether page builder or custom, whatever. Uh, how, how do you manage that? How do you handle that? Like, I feel like it's hard enough to handle maintenance on sites that you've built yourself, but all of a sudden you're doing maintenance on other people's sites that they've built and helping them keep plugins updated and making sure the site's always up and stable. Uh, how do you like juggle love it. that? It's so fun. We just, uh, we go through each site when we get, I mean, I do, I'm such a nerd. I love it. We, whenever we get a new site, we do a little walkthrough of it. We get, we have a kickoff call. We do a little recording and we check out everything. We make sure everything's running good. We evaluate if there's premium plugins or not, you know, all those kind of things. And then um, we, we just have a system. We have a system in place. My, I mean, I built a little mini machine at my agency previously where I, we use Manage WP and we have a couple other tools for redundancy, but, um, you know, we, I just trained some staff. They weren't even really developers or anything, but I just trained them. I taught them what the numbers mean on the updates. Like if it's point this, point this, it's probably okay. If it's just a big first number change, then you got to be careful. You know, like we taught them. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it for years now, and they're awesome. And they just log any issues in ClickUp. It gets assigned to a developer right away. You know, like the whole thing just runs smooth because we've just put the energy into doing the processes and the training and all of that. It's just like with anything, but... Yeah. Well, how does... Um, how do you handle like... Okay, so you update a plugin. There's like a little... There's an issue on the site. You create that ticket for your developer to look at it. Do you like when do you loop your end client back in and say, hey, here's things that need to happen. We need to like make some big shifting changes, um, like handling that that kind of like variability. Just because like there's been moments in time where we've like updated plugins and it's just like, well, this crashed everything or yeah. this doesn't work. Like this is going to take a lot of work to get this back up, you know. So there's it, we have a real really elegant solution. I think it's um, first of all, so, there's a lot of the sites we just update live, but <laughs> there's a a tier where you can get them updated on a staging, but that's up to the site owner, the, you know, our clients, not us. So don't think we're being just risky if we just update them live. But um, the, if something goes wrong on a site, we just, we will spend up to one hour trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. If in one hour it's not fixed, we will make sure it's back to the most recent secure, like stable backup. And then we contact the site owner, and we give them one of two options. One is you can just wait it out because it's probably a bug and it's going to get fixed and it's not a security risk. Or two, you got to get a dev on it. Here's our focus on demand services. If you want to use us, we got you. That is elegant. That's very Thank simple you. and straightforward. It felt like it would be a very complex thing, but uh, nope. But that, make, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we, yeah. Need to, we need to go for a break, Stephen. Oh, break, break time. Break uh, time. All right, so smoke them if from- you got them, everybody. <laughs> now, now, now is your chance. Uh, we're gonna hear from our sponsor really quick, and uh, we'll be back um, and dive into more questions to hear more about Stephanie's experience uh, with WordPress and building the company. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, 
backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flow's lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flow's, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. Hi there, folks. Are you involved in the building of new websites or supporting WordPress websites as a freelancer or agency owner? If the answer is yes, we've got a great tool here, Avereen. As you know, you can waste a tremendous amount of time with email or phone tag with your clients around a new WordPress build-out or supporting multiple websites. It can be a real pain in the posterior. But with Avereen, you get essential interface where clients can log in and with an easy visual interface, they can show you the changes they require. It's a real game changer and it will save a tremendous amount of time and frustration, not only for yourself, for your team, also, Avareem have given us a great offer. It basically only costs you $1 to try their program. It's really fantastic. If that sounds interesting, go to the WP Tonic website, WP Tonic backlink newsletter, and you'll be able to try this great product, like I say, for just $1. What a fantastic offer. See you soon, folks. All right, coming back. Um, if it's okay with you, Stephanie, I kind of want to dive into this, like, being so early in the web. Um, so any chance and- I could ask a question, Stephen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go for it, Jonathan. <laughs> so, um, you know, as a woman in WordPress, reflecting back, have there, have there been any particular challenges you feel that you've had to face and overcome as being a woman in the WordPress community? Honestly, I think it's an advantage. <laughs> uh I think there are industries out there that are male-dominated that make it very difficult for a woman. Personally, I have never felt like discriminated against or judged or anything. However, I'm not really a pushover. I'm not the kind of girl that gets pushed around too much. <laughs> I usually got something to say, I'm going to say it. But, uh, but no, honestly, I think um, I have... I have some advantages, you know, hashtag blessed, whatever. I'm, uh, I'm gregarious. I'm not shy and I'm not afraid to put myself out there. And I think when there are so many white males, if you can come on the scene, I mean, I'm obviously white as well, but if I can, there's a difference, right? I'm a girl. I'm a, I'm a big giant redhead. Nobody can tell I'm a giant anymore because everything's on. I'm all, we're all sitting down on screens, but <laughs> I'm five foot ten. Like when I'm in a room, like and I wear heels, so like I'm a big giant redhead. Like you stand out, and what are we all trying to do is to differentiate and stand out. And so for me, that makes it kind of an advantage, really. And I I've never been one of those like you're a woman in business. You're a woman business. No, I'm a business owner. Like I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we all need, like, I, I feel like if I start talking about being a woman, then that is alienate. Like I'm putting myself in a separate bucket and I, that's not my aim. That's not my personal struggle either though. So I don't judge other people for doing it, but that's not, it's just. Well, this this broaden it out a little bit. What have you ever felt, ever suffered from the imposter syndrome you know, Always. You've, right and now. How, uh, and how Any minute I've, you guys are going to figure out it's just me sitting here. <laughs> Embarrassing. Um, 
I was going to say, how have you got any advice or insights of around how you've dealt with that? I do. Um, there is an element of fake it till you make it. And I think that doesn't work in every situation. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you are a web geek, those things make, those are, those are two things that certain kinds of people do, right? We figure stuff out. We figure out how to solve problems. We figure out how to do things. You know, there's like, there's not a lot that comes at us that we are just, we just give up. No, we dig and we figure stuff out. So if we, to me, that's the same way with feeling like an imposter. Maybe if somebody brings a site to you that you don't feel like you can handle, what are you going to do? You're going to say like, I'm going to figure this out. And you might lose money on that project or you might, you know, whatever it is. Or if you're going into a, a podcast episode or an interview or a talk at a conference or anything like that, you might feel like, I don't really, but we just figure stuff out. That's how, that's how we're built in this industry. Like our people are that way. So you just have to go dive in head first. You got to just force yourself to do it. And it's a little uncomfortable, but man, once you do it, once you get on that stage and you talk about something that you felt uncomfortable about doing and you get positive feedback later or people that give you good uh, a good response or congratulate you, there's like no better feeling than that whenever you conquer that fear and you conquer those gaps in your knowledge or your experience. I love that. Yeah, that's it's always a huge a huge rush when you do something that you thought was impossible or thought was going to be scary and terrible. And then it ends up like, you know, working out like most, like most things do, <laughs> but yeah. you can and when you're talking to, to be such a thing in your head. Right. And I, like I talk to agency owners a lot and stuff, so they, they can smell the BS a mile away. Right. Cause it's the same <laughs> industry, but if you're yeah. talking to, you know, especially people who are working with business owners that aren't in our industry, like even if you are not a master of all things in web development or in your builder of choice or in business or whatever, like guaranteed, you know more than the people that you're talking to. Like they, because they probably, they also probably are going to ask you to help them fix their printer and stuff like that too, yeah. because we are those kind of folks, right? We figure stuff out. I know printers are the worst. I'm not, uh, just, uh, I'm just not dating with that. So <laughs> with printers. It is. It's tech support always goes in with web, doesn't it? For some reason, I don't know. No, not with me anymore. No, yeah. No, yeah. it's I'm too nice. Um, um, what What are your thoughts um, being in the maintenance space? And WordPress is growing and expanding rapidly. Like the number of page builders we have now versus where we were four years ago, um, mm-hmm. like it's just increasing, and it feels like things are getting. I don't know, like easier, but also like so much more complex all at the same time. Um, do you, do you feel that way too? Like dealing with all these sites or um, as WordPress is becoming more mature um, and the players are a little bit bigger, are you seeing like increased stability, uh, stability and um, like simplicity in the WordPress ecosystem? It almost feels like the, they take turns. <laughs> ruining our day <laughs> you know like, like like divi will have 
50 updates in a month all of a sudden yeah. and a bunch of stuff breaks, you know. Elementor, it was not, it was just a couple months ago where everything crashed on Elementor sites, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we keep up with what's going on. We we keep up with all the trends, with all the news that's happening. We watch out for any kind of vulnerabilities. We have a little newsletter that goes out, our Watch Out Wednesday newsletter with like what people need to be on the lookout for. And I mean, really, that's it. And when when this is what we do, like you're just in it all the time. So we just we just master it. That's what we just make it our business yeah. to know what's coming down the pipe and we deal with it. And then we have, so we have also like all the other on-demand services too, where we're building sites for people and working actively on their sites. And that, um, that takes even more diverse knowledge and a more diverse team. And so we do, we are starting to implement like some educational resources and stuff for our team so that we can keep them really up to date and, and cross-trained on multiple builders and things like that so that we have lots of redundancies. How big a team are you guys now? I think we have uh, 18. Oh, wow. That is yeah. a good size team to try to keep everybody in sync. Well, we've got and developers, designers, uh, copywriters, video editors, and VAs. So it's okay. a lot of folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of folks. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a wait list too for our, like for devs and stuff, especially. So as, as we increase, then we just bring on our yeah. new folks. That's awesome. Um, is there ever a site that you won't touch? Are there like sites that you're like, no, like this site is beyond like, like we can't do maintenance for the site. It's too something. Or will you guys pretty uh, much roll up your sleeves and dig into anything? I haven't yet. I can see there could be a scenario if something is just very, very custom and it's nonstop breakage. You know, I mean, we have that rule of like, we'll spend an hour trying to repair it. But if like, if it's so cobbled together with like a bunch of custom bits and pieces that it breaks every single week, like that's not going to end up being a profitable customer for us. But also, I don't really just say like, no, we're not going to do that. I would go to them and say, here's my advice. Like, because that's not a good situation for the agency. And that's not a good situation for the end user either. Like nobody is winning. Like if it's a site that we struggle maintaining or working on, like it's not a good site. So it needs to be rebuilt or updated. So I would go to them with a proposed solution. And of course that doesn't always, isn't always possible, but. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, Jonathan, any, any questions before we head into bonus content here pretty soon? No, I think we better wrap it up and go into bonus content, Steve. All right. Well, thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in and listening. Uh, We're going to be going into bonus content here, but you can um, see the show notes and uh, tune in for bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube page and the Facebook page. Uh, So make sure to check that out. Uh, See everybody. Oh, uh, but before we go, Stephanie, how can people find out more about you and oh, what you do. You. you can check out our website, focuswp.co. Be warned, it's in 3D. I don't know why I got this obsession with like 3D glasses and stuff, but there's a form on the site. If you sign up for the newsletter or just fill in the form, I'll mail you a pair of 3D glasses. Like I'll send no you a little way. note and mail you a pair Oh, of 3D let's go glasses. there right now. Yeah, I'm going to go give me some 3D, 3D glasses. Oh, let's go, go get my You glasses. got it, yeah. Is, it, is little, it like... Is it those awesome old school like cardboard cutout mm-hmm. blue red? Oh man, that is. I got a whole stack of them right here. No way, that's epic. <laughs> that's no, so great. I think, I think there's a lot of people who like me to wear those all the time. <laughs> uh, 
Especially <laughs> certain people in the WordPress community. Uh, um, sorry. Oh, and you can join me in my Facebook group. Focus on your biz, B-I-Z. All right. Cool. Love to have awesome. Jonathan, how can people find out more about you and what you do? I'll just go to the WP Tonic website. And if you want some recommendations on plugins for whatever you're doing, just go to WP Tonic slash recommendations. And we've got a whole list there of plugins and services that the WP Tribe recommends. Did you also know that I am going to be on the WP Tonic podcast tomorrow? You, you, are you? I'm so surprised. Double feature, man. Double feature. I know. Truly yeah. blessed. <laughs> right? <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, catch Stephanie tomorrow on the uh, WP Tonic podcast again. Um, and we'll move into bonus content. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 